Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You're stuck with me, Paul Whiteside, and Paul Parkin this week. There's no Robbie's uh, busy doing other things, so you have to put with us two and me presenting. Good evening, Paul. How are you doing, mate? Evening, Paul. Yeah, a bit unusual, isn't it? Uh, strange setup. This is uh, usually no show without punch, but uh, yeah. he's having a small sabbatical, so fair play to him. Yeah, he's left us in the lurch a bit here with a bit of day's notice, but we'll do our best to, to talk you through it. We've got a bit of, of information this week to, to give you, and we'll be talking all about the, the Castleford result as well. So we've got a bit of positive uh, stuff to chat about. I think we shall start off this week, mate. We'll start off with the news. There's quite a bit of news coming out of the club. Tickets available for Friday's trip to Warrington. We play Wakefield there. They're on the club website. Now, have you got your ticket, Paul? Are you off there on uh, on Friday night? Unfortunately not. No, we're, uh, I'm with a group of others that are all heading down to Wembley for the weekend. Ah, right. Uh, you know, this, this rearranged game has kind of caught us all out. There's, there's probably, I don't know, at least 20 regular Salford fans on this trip, maybe more, uh, that won't be there on, on Friday. Um, just, just bad timing. But well, I mean, obviously, I would have been. We did, you know. It's only down the road, isn't it? Uh, and plus, you know, as we'll talk about shortly, off the back of what we, we witnessed at the weekend, you know, if you can't show your face now, but so uh, yeah, just, just poor timing. But um, yeah, I've seen a few, few of my mates have already got the tickets for it. So uh, I just hope there's a decent, you know, a decent support there to give the lads uh, all the support they need. Yeah, the tickets have gone on like general sale now, so if you follow the links on the website, Facebook pages and things like that, you can go straight through and, and get your tickets online. It's quite a simple thing to do. I helped my dad do it the other day, and if he can do it, I think anyone can do it. It's nice, it's nice and easy. So yeah, tickets available for that game on, on Friday night. It's a half seven kickoff, so it's a bit of a rush getting down there. But like you said, Paul, it's a it's a big game for us that now and uh, against Wakefield. And after the good work we did at weekend, we'll be looking to uh, to put two uh, two wins together. Yeah, it's funny when we mentioned it before, obviously when it was first scheduled, this game, the Wakefield game, we'd had Leeds uh, and Huddersfield before that, and it was a, a case of really, these are the games we've got to win. It was a home tie at the time, obviously neutral territory now, but we've just got to look at it as, you know, it's just another opposition. But it is a, it is a you know, it is a big game for us, this, and if we, you know, two, two on the bounce, it's, it would be great for morale going forward. We've got, you know, we've still got a lot of tough games to come, but ease us away from that, that you know, that bottom sort of relegation slots. Uh, we obviously we don't know what's happening yet, but uh, get a few players, you know, fit and back, and uh, I think we'll be rolling. I think we might be able to look forward to, uh, you know, a better second half of the season, with, you know, a little bit more promise. As you said before, Paul, Challenge Cup this weekend it is a shame the way things have landed there I know a lot of people that are going to the final and, and people do it as a weekend like yourself doing we, we friends and that and quite a lot of people from Salford it is a shame but I suppose in, the, in a way these games are going to have to be rearranged now aren't they with the, with this, this Covid business and that and quite a lot of games are getting postponed actually you've got to get the games in um, you looking forward to the Challenge Cup though who do you fancy in the final Castleford against against St. Helens that's going to be a big game that yeah it is I mean obviously 90% of me just says St. Helens all day. The, the, you know, the players they've got. But when you look, the last time they were actually at Wembley, I'm not sure any of these, well, very few of these players that are in this squad now actually played. So it's not like a, a benefit to either team in terms of experience in that way. But Saints are a fantastic side. We know that. I know they're not currently top of the league, but they're, they're, they're still probably the best team in the league. Um, but Cass, they've really surprised me. That performance they put in, in that semi-final against Warrington was... It was it was unbelievable. I didn't expect that. I thought Warrington were walking into the final themselves, and I think Warrington may have done. But 
people like Paul McShane in that side, who is an absolute danger, and obviously he didn't play against us at the weekend, and, and you could tell the difference, just the organisation and the go forward he gives. Cass, I think it might be a lot closer than people think it will be. Uh, I'd still, I'd still go with Saints, but I, I think I think Cass will make it difficult for him. I really do. Plus, you know, I, I know it can work both ways. He rested a lot this week, um, but you know, so are they, are they match ready or, or what? That'll tell. But I think. I think Daryl Palms a very, very smart coach. He'll know his players. He'll know what they can do. And you know, some of them might have been carrying knocks into even last weekend. And there's no point risking it. I think he's he's a very, very smart cookie, and I, I think he'll have him wound up. And obviously, this is his last chance to win some silverware with Cass. So I think it'll be closer than we than we think. But I think Saints have just got that firepower that might edge it up, edge him over the line. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching that. I mean, for our listeners, it's a three o'clock kickoff. We all know that, don't we? Three o'clock at Wembley this week, this Saturday, live on the BBC. The Featherstone Rovers play uh, York City Knights, well, in the 1895 Cup final. So it's a double header, both on telly. If you're not going down there, and uh, you know, it's rugby league showpiece occasion. I've looked at the weather forecast; it's going to be scorching. It's you know, what can you can't beat that, can you? Wembley Stadium in the sunshine. It promises to be a cracking afternoon in rugby league. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I, I'm still sort of getting over last year the fact that you know I did I did travel down there, but we didn't get access to the stadium. Obviously, the one year we go, uh, but that feeling every every year we go, you see the teams come out and the, the air stand up on the back of your neck more so than they do at the grand final for me. It's it's just an amazing occasion. The atmosphere is different as well, you know, because there are a lot more neutral fans there at the cup final. It, it feels it does feel like a rugby league community day out, and. Uh, yeah, Feb, Feb getting there. It's great to see you know the smaller teams getting a chance, and I don't mean that you know in, a, in the way that it sounds. I mean Feb have got a great, great history in rugby league, um, and, and I strongly fancy them. By the way, because York have gone way off the boil, uh, unless they pour their eggs in one basket, and you know they're planning to, to ambush Feb, but they've been brilliant this year, Featherston. So that, that I mean that, that in itself is, is something to see the flat cappers at Wembley. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be a it'll be a great day. Like you say, the weather's going to be cracking the flags. Um, you can't ask for more. You really can't. You know, Wembley Stadium is a phenomenal place to go and visit. And, uh, yeah, it's just a shame we're not there again this year. But, you know, we'll have a year off and go again next year, I suppose. Well, me and you both like a prediction and a bit of a bet, don't we? I mean, I've had a little bet today. I've been looking at the odds on me uh, on my phone. I was looking at the uh, the Lance Todd Trophy. And I thought, I thought, I really, really, I'd really love an ex Salford player to win it. You know, again, we've had we've had yeah. Mark Steve within it, haven't we, in the past? And I really want Nia Levels to win it. I think this time, so he's ten to one Nia Levels. So I've had a tenner on Nia Levels for the last odd trophy. I think you know the, the favourites sort of Lachlan Coote, aren't they, and James yeah. Roby and uh, and what, what have you. So Nia, Nia, a decent bet at ten to uh, ten to one. But who, score prediction from you, Parky. I know it's a tough one, but score think, prediction. Well, I think. I think, like I say, I think Saints will win it. I think it'll be because of the weather as well. It'll be tiring, but it will be open. You know, I think the ball will move about a lot. There's no point keeping it tight. Um, but I think I'd go sort of Saints 24, Cast 16. Um, and as as for uh, Lance Todd, I think an X-Red that could have a, a big sort of play in it is, is Theo. Yeah. Um, I know. I think we all sort of believe he's moving on from Saints at the end of the year. And he is. He does have an influence in that team, and it usually goes to a, a winning scrum half. That that award you tend to find uh, have that or, or a hooker, and there's two two phenomenal hookers on display this you know this final. Um, but there are other ex you know soft players in there. Obviously, Jordan Turner will play. I would have thought, and he's been having a great season. You know, if he gets over for a couple of tries, um, George Griffin will be there. And, uh, 
Daryl Olfert, people like that. So it's uh, yeah, it's a few to, to go at Salford wise, but I, I fancy I fancy the winning scrum half, whoever that's going to be. Yeah, I think Theo's another good shout. I think I might have a fiver on him as well, though, if you've said that. I mean, Featherstone Row as well, a couple of ex-Solver players in there. Chris Wellham, I think he's been injured at the moment, so I'm not sure whether he'll play. Craig Copjack's in there. So, so yeah, promises to be a cracking day. Moving on from the Cup final, we've got a bit of news regarding the foundation. I think Rob spoke about this last week. Um, South Red Devils Foundation have been really busy announcing several upcoming events, uh, make appeal to the supporters. Foundation of summer camp starting in August in both Salford and Trafford for people to get involved. With. I'll just read you out the details, but it's all on the uh, on the Salford website. Uh, in Trafford, the holiday camps will run from Monday the 2nd of August to Friday the 27th of August. All attendees must go to school within Trafford, and, and the same applies to, to Salford there. So if you want to get in touch uh, and find out about that, please email james.molyneux at salfordcc.ac.uk or call 07538042666 to book your place or find out more information. Paul, I think that's that's great that the, that the rugby league side and the foundation are getting involved in the local community, particularly in Trafford and in Salford. You know, these are quite quite short distance Trafford away from where we play, and it's a big area. And you know, the more kids we get involved in rugby league and in, in, in shouting our name out of Salford, the better to me. Yeah, we spoke about it a few times, haven't we, on on, on the podcast about the, the fact that there's so much untapped talent out there. It, it certainly, you know, it, in in Manchester, the conurbation, you know. It, each area, uh, and it's great to see them moving into Trafford. We've, you know, I think uh, obviously uh, Callum Watkins is Stratford lad, isn't he? So he would have come probably, you know, he, 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 people like that are there and out there who don't play football, who don't play, you know, whatever. It's, it's a great opportunity for us to, to, you know, get a foothold in, in that area. Um, and more so in the way that I think I mentioned it the other week about, you know, if Sale do come in and buy the stadium, they'll, they'll possibly try and get a foothold in Salford in the schools about promoting rugby union so we've got to try and so go into their territory a little bit and see what we can pick up and uh, I think it's a great a great thing obviously in Salford it's, it's been under uh, underfunded and everything for, for years the development of players in Salford uh, and a lot of them obviously just get poached by other clubs anyway but no it's fantastic it's great to see I know I read somewhere not long ago they were doing something in Stockport as well um, again not, not a traditional rugby league area by any means but you know, there'll be people there who watch the sport or have moved, you know, moved about from other areas. Um, and the more we can do, the, the better. But yeah, Trafford, I think Trafford's a great place because we've got a couple of teams there now, haven't we? A couple of amateur teams. And That's right. It, it's, it's another chance to to promote that and then get them in touch with the amateur teams, get them into a, you know a development thing, and then just, just we can monitor them from there. And then in the next couple of years, when hopefully we get an academy again, you know, we can be we will be you know at the head of the bunch to pick these players up. Certainly, yeah. Well, I you think about Stockport there, where you just mentioned, you know, you jump on the M60 motorway now and a couple of junctions, you, you're, you're at Salford Stadium, so you're not a million miles away now with uh, motorway networks and things like that. So, yeah, that's that's something to look out for. So, check the website, get in touch and uh, and get your kids registered for that because it gets them out of your air as well, doesn't it, in the, in the six weeks holidays. Bit more news, we've got away shirts uh, still on sale. Uh, on the Wild Thing website, they're £35 for adults and £30 for juniors. I mean, I'm not a big shirt person me anymore, but that, that away shirt, I mean, over the last couple of years, that black kit has, has had quite a bit of a cult following, really, hasn't it? In 2019, the players seem to prefer playing in the away kit to the home kit. And it does look quite smart. So, I mean, if you've got a bit of spare change and you want to treat somebody, you know, get on there and buy one of them shirts. Yeah, I've, I've not bought a shirt for a few years. I'll be honest, I've got a collection of, I don't know how many, probably... 40 or 50 in the house 
um, over over many many years, going back, I think the earliest ones from the seventies, the the white uh, the white one with the, the red S, um, which I think was player a player issue. Um, for I think we played the Aussies in it, but um, yeah, I, I've always been a, a, a you know quite a follower of shirts, but not bought them re- in recent times. But the away ones have been they've been really really good. I mean, to be fair, I like the home shirt a little bit this year. It's, it's not as, you know as garish as, as some we've had in the past, but the away one is. It's a really good shirt. And the players, I don't. Is it me or do they just look bigger in it when they put a black shirt on? I don't. It might just be, you know. Obviously, I think everyone's aware of my uh, my vision issues, but uh, they just look like they, they they look bigger. And I don't know, more intimidating when they wear, wear that black kit. Yeah, I think so. I think we definitely had the edge with that black shirt, didn't we, a couple of years yeah. ago? But yeah, they're both smart shirts for me. But yeah, get on there and uh, have a look at that because it's like I said, it's still on sale. So uh, so yeah, that's all the news we've got for this week. I think what we'll do now is we'll uh, review the cast game from uh, Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So Salford were victorious at Weldon Road on Sunday, Paul. I didn't expect that sort of a result, but you know it wasn't the best start to the game. Grant Millington trundled over a try in the early doors, but after that, in that first half, it was all sort of one-way traffic. Uh, you're right. I remember on the show last week when we did the predictions at the end, and uh, you know I'd already predicted on it on one of our other leagues that uh, I just fancied Cast, but I hadn't seen the squad at that point, and. Uh, once I had a quite, I did fancy us, and I think I, I probably predicted us a, a win on on here, but nothing like that. That has blown my mind. You know, just, we, we don't Salford just don't score like that. They don't score that many points. And I know there's the argument, oh, Cast have rested this, that, and the other. Hey, that's not my problem. It's not our problem. He didn't have to. He still had a week to go before the cup final. He could have played who he wanted. Um, but you still got to score points. It's not as easy. You know, I don't care who you're playing against. It isn't that easy. Bad times you play, you know, you'll get a Super League club against a, a championship side and it's, you know, it's probably a little bit closer than you expect. You, you can take your foot off the gas or, you know, just think, oh, it's going to be easy, this. I mean, full credit to them young kids from Cast. I thought they, they, they really stood up and uh, there's a couple there with big, big futures. Um, you know, Cast are in, you know, they've got safe hands there, really. But, um, no, for us, I mean, that first try, it was a bit of luck, wasn't it? I think Richard Turner tried to kick the ball through, it bounced off our player. He'd got fucked to it. He's just a little bit lucky, really. There was nothing organised about it. From that point on, uh, we just got stuck in and it was a steamroller. Just, some of the tries were, were fantastic as well. I was I was a little bit worried early on that we, we seemed blunt again in attack in the first like, 10, 15 minutes more, trying to just charge over the line. Um, and I, I, I felt at the time, I thought that was a bit too negative. I mean, I do like the idea of trying to use sort of poorly, poorly, five yards out, something we haven't done for some reason. But we kept trying it and it, it wasn't working and we didn't seem to have a plan B. And then all of a sudden, it just clicked. And the confidence between certainly the half-backs together, um, but the, the actual key pivots in the team, started to work. We got got movement, moved the ball really well. And uh, yeah, and then we started to, uh, to dismantle them. For me, we seem to look very dangerous down that right edge. We had Chris and Inu come back in with, with Ken Seal. Um, and Inu, I noticed on Sunday, he never stopped talking. He's talking all the way through the game. And I thought he had his presence it was a calming influence on the side, really. And he does seem like a senior player now that other players look up to. As I said, he talks all the way through the game. He's g people up. 
do you think that had a massive sort of lift for the players, really, you know, him coming back into the side? Because he's goal-kicking as well. You're going up in sixes with him. He's, he's, reg- he's regular as anything with, with his goal-kicking. I, I think he was a big boost for us. Oh, without a doubt. Without, you could see the difference. He, we seem to have... Uh, there was certainly more confidence in the back line, but the actual... Um, the, the way we used him as well. I mean, when he gets... The, he's like a forward, isn't he? You know, when he gets the ball, he, if he's bringing out defence, he's taking three or four men with him and still making metres. Like, say, Kenny Seal's a big lad as well on that side. Um, and it gives the opposition something to worry about. You think, well, in defence, we've got to watch him because you can't one-on-one with him because he'd probably run over you. Uh, but when you're attacking, you really want to attack them two on that side. So it, it basically puts you in, in a position as a half-back, probably, to go, we're going to have to go the other way. And Salford, you know, can, can defend that. They can look at who they need to put over on the other side. And there's nothing wrong with that defence either, by the way. Matty Costello's a, he, he's, he's proving, out, proving to me to be an absolute first-class uh, centre. And it's great to, to see him back. And obviously, Reese Williams has, oh, he's ever let us down. Uh, you know, so, it, but it makes the, the opposition think a bit. But he does, he gives us confidence. Um, anyway, we, we have missed him, obviously. Um, the, the thing is now when it's going forward how much of a challenge Richard Marshall's going to have on his hands when the likes of Sargentson comes back I know we won't have Callum Watkins for the rest of the year but a lot of competition in that area um, but no it was great to see him and he was a real threat uh, I, I don't I don't think the defenders you know I think by the 80th minute they did had enough of him they didn't want to see him again but uh, yeah it was great to have him back in the side and, and looking confident you know he could have could have took his ball on, could have sulked about the suspension or whatever, you know, why do I care? You know, this is, I, I think, you know, may have been treated unfairly or whatever, and he didn't. He just knuckled down, got himself fit, and uh, and, and just had a, an unbelievable game all round. Another player I thought did really well at the weekend is, is a player that probably had a bit of criticism, Morgan Escudet. I thought he probably didn't get tested in defence as much as he would do against it, sort, sort of a, a top side, if you like, but his attack was really good. He looked really sharp. I think Chris Atkin, for me, and Declan Patton, it was another game they played together, so their partnership seems to be gelling that, that more and more each game with it with the game under the belt. So at 22-6 at time, great to see Reese Williams score a try as well. I mean, he's not had great service this season, but he's, he's there every week, isn't he? He's really consistent, and he took his tries really well. I thought Chris Atkin, I think he got, got the club man of the match, didn't he? But 22-6 at halftime. Second half started, Cass moved the ball, Salford mistake on the first set, and Cass forget a try 22-12. Did you sort of think the comeback's on there? Because I know I did. I panicked a bit then at 22-12. I was still fairly confident. The one thing I did say, and I sent messages to various people at the time, is how many times do we lose the ball from the first tackle of the second half? Yeah. and put ourselves on the back foot We've, I think we must have done it four or five times at least this year uh, so it's just about concentrating and switching on a little bit but I wasn't I'll be honest I wasn't that worried I could see from that first half that we had we just had it over and we we, had, we hang on to the ball attacking wise we, we're a really good strong unit uh, and like you say I mean Chris Atkin was, was was good again with the ball I think I think Deck Pat certainly grew into the game and by the you know by the second half he became a, a real potent threat for us um, and you mentioned Morgan Escaray. I'm absolutely delighted for the lad. Uh, he, he has had a struggle. He has made you know errors. He's been in and out of the team. He's had injuries or whatever. I mean, he, he showed his class the other day um, with with the tries he scored and and the ones he set up. And coming into the line like that, that's what we've we've missed. You know, obviously we we've been blessed with Nile Levels for the last you know ten years or whatever. Um, and he's he's come in now and that's his role. And he actually looked and. I, 
I'm probably going to you know get laughed at here, but I think he looked more threatening than Niall normally did. In terms of he, he's got he's got a real brain on him. I think he could easily you know could have been a half back in some ways. Uh, but he, I, I'm so delighted for him. I hope he gives him the confidence he needs to go forward now and and complete you know the, the season and, and we get we get the best battle player that we expected. Because uh, he's he's obviously a talent. His speed is is frightening for any defence. He's got a step on him. Like I said, that, that tries up in the second half with a kick. You know, very, very smart player. Either of them could have got there and scored it. Uh, I think Matty Costello scored it. I think it was. Uh, but yeah, just just a great game and I'm, I'm delighted for the lad. Yeah, I think with Escaray, he's got that little bit of flaring about him. He showed in the Leeds game, didn't he, when he skinned two players out wide, what he could do. And he, and he kicked on in that game. So, like you said, I'm delighted for him. And, you know, he's another string to the bow there. You know, Sargison's out again, isn't he? He's with, still with his suspension. So, I think another plus for me was um, was the lone players that came. It was great to see Ben yeah. Davis back, you know, where we spoke about, you know, Ben and his, his links to solve with his granddad, Dougie Davis, who plays for us. And, and the two sort of efforts he put in against Hulk Aaron Huddersfield in his previous loan spell, it was great to see him back. He got on the try-scoring sheet as well. And I remember saying to my dad at the game, I know he's, he's come as a centre, but I think we sort of played him in the back row. And to me, that could be a position for him. He's, he's a big lad. And I think a second-row spot would be good for him. It would be great to hang on to him. I'm not so sure with with the situation this season, whether we could get him for the rest of the season. But Dan Norman as well, coming in from St. Helens, he's six foot five or so. Yeah. He ran really well and he, he scored a decent try. So I think Richard Marshall there, with with his links with St. Helens, has uh, has brought two really good players in there for us. Well, yeah, Norman had seen play, uh, play at London a couple of years back and he, he was really impressive. Then it's probably about the same time as Reese Williams was there and, and, you know, various various others who, who moved on. Um, I thought, yeah, he, he's another one that grew into the game. Obviously, he, he wouldn't have really trained with the squad, you know, and he, Knowing your position, knowing what other players are going to do, it's a big ask to sort of pick up in, in maybe one captain's run. It's, it's difficult, but I mean, Davis, I, I've, I've liked him every time I've seen him. I think he's, he's another one with a massive future. And if Saints don't, you know, don't want him, you know, I think we'll happily take him uh, off their hands. Um, and Norman, I couldn't believe how big he was, though. I saw at one point near the end, he scored a try, uh, and he, he went up and he, he patted Paulie Paulie on the head. And he made him look like a small boy. Uh, now, there aren't many men in the world I don't think they would do that. Uh, but he stood next to him and I thought, I didn't realise he was that big. And if he can, you know, develop... Because, again, he's only he's only a youngish lad. If he can develop, he, he's going to be a threat for somebody. And, again, obviously, we've only seen one game out of him, but he, he impressed me enough. Um, and it's just a shame he can't, you know, can't keep hold of these lads on loan. Because we have lost two players this season already with uh, Darcy Lussick and, and, and Elliot Kerr. And we know that maybe Brownie might not be back this year. Watkins won't be back. So we do need extra players. And I'd love to be able to keep these lads here on loan, you know, and see them develop. And hopefully, if they do become free, you know, they'll think, well, I'm settled here. This, this is a club that's giving me a chance. And uh, I think Robert would like that, wouldn't he? That'd be one of his lines. It were an opportunity opportunity club. But yeah, I think, uh, I think they're both really impressed. And uh, I think they've got, the pair of them have got really, really big futures. Yeah, it's great to see players coming on alone with, with that attitude that they want to impress you and, and do well. I think that's what it what it's all about. And just before we, we move on, I think um, I think I've got to mention this really. I mean, a lot was made about the, the Castleford team that they played, but I think you know the press and certain elements of the press probably 
a bit unfair on Salford because the week we'd had, you know, us supporters knew, we listened to Richard Marshall's interview and he said how many players were training, five or six players were training, we had we had players suspended, players injured, players couldn't play because of COVID. If you look at the Salford players that missed out in that game, there was no Tuilola here in the squad, Elijah Taylor's a massive player for us, he wasn't in the team, Joe Burgess was missing, Kevin Brown's out, Dan Sargison's injured. I think I totted up about 10 or 11 players who, who probably would be first team players who weren't in that side. So, I mean, I think Salford, to score 70 away from home, with with all the players you've got missing and the adversity they've gone through, is it, quite a good achievement. Oh, I thought the same. I think, yeah, I think, again, I, I think I count 10 or 11 players that could easily have played in that game. Key players, like you say, I mean, Taylor, what, what a phenomenon he's been for us at the start of the year. Um, he's not there. Brown is obviously the key. Tui Lola Heya, you know, the experience there. I think, uh, I was trying to think, I think you've got like Dan Addy who's still not in there and I think Greenwood. And, you know, there's so many players that we, we just didn't have available. Mm-hmm. Like you say, if only six of them have trained and then at the end of the week we got extra COVID issues, didn't we? That's why we had to bring in these lads on mole. Um, it's, a, it's a remarkable effort. I mean, 11 players from a squad of, what, 27, is it? Something like that? Yeah. That's, that's a huge lot of, amount of players that are missing who would be frontline players. It's a, it's a fantastic effort. I, I agree. I think I've watched the Super League show and and a lot of a lot of you know a lot of the rugby league press have kind of glossed over it. It's been a, a really young and experienced cast side. It was. I, I'm not doubting that. And I, like I've already said, I think them lads really stood up. But you can't take anything away from us. We this, this team. There's every chance that that team, well, probably definitely that that whole team had never trained together before, and yet went out and scored 70 points away from home at Super League club. Yeah. Um, it's a phenomenal effort, and right, right across the board, the players once they got to grips with that, you know, after that first 10-15 minutes, we we look, we look fantastic, and it all done us a world of good that confidence-wise. We're hoping we can take that confidence definitely into this uh, this this Warrington sorry the match at Warrington against Wakefield. As I said before. There was 21 players named in the Castlefer squad. Salford could only name 17, so we only had a 17 all week. So the game finished off, though, with uh, probably the try of the game for me. Reese Williams racing away from the kickoff there, taking the ball, shook his hips and uh, went all the way. I mean, when he's in full flight, I think he's a really, really exciting winger, Reese Williams. You know, we scored that fantastic try in the Challenge Cup final last year. He's a player that never lets us down, Reese Williams. And, and as I said before, great to see him on the score sheet and to round off a 70 points to 18 when it was a pleasing afternoon at Weldon. Oh, it's, it's a great try. Um, that's what we want to see. Excuse me. We don't. We don't. Uh, like you said earlier, he doesn't get great service or hasn't had, and he has to create his own uh, his own work. You know, he, he's basically bringing the, the ball out from our twenty all the time, running to three or four players who've all chased the kick, and he, he still makes meters. And he is trickier. But that what I loved about it is, and it's the same with Morgan Escray against Leeds. He backed himself. He, he knew that he had the edge over whoever was coming towards him and he could beat them. Now, a lot of players stop, they turn inside, they look for support. As soon as Reese Williams got, got his hands on that ball, there's only one place he wanted to go. And as a winger, that's his job, you know. And that's, he, I think he's really, really good, really underrated, Reese Williams. I've heard people say he doesn't do enough, and it's like, he's a winger. You know, what more do you want him to do? He's, you know, if he's not getting service from his centres or his halfbacks, he, you know, he's basically going to be a defensive weapon, and that's it. Um, but yeah, really good because I, I didn't realise that he hadn't actually scored this season um, in the league. So you know he went over twice, didn't he, in the game? Shame he couldn't get a hat trick. But that, again, that'll help him. Uh, and I think, like say, when we had uh, we brought Inu back in and, and Costello, 
just gave us more balance in that back line. Uh, we were a lot more calm and casual. There was no panicking all the time when we got the ball. We didn't have to score off every set, although it felt like in the second half we were doing anyway. Um, but yeah, no, brilliant, great, great for Reese and uh, what what a try! You know, that's, that'll go down as one of the tries of the season. I would have thought. Certainly will. Yeah, great result for us at the weekend, Paul. So that's our roundup of the uh, of the Castleford away game. Next up, we've got the amateur report. Here's this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. We'll start off this week with the Northwest uh, Youth Leagues. Actually, it was the uh, the cup. Ties this weekend, Lancashire Cup and North West Youth Cup, but a lot of them got decimated by postponements and no results. So we've only got a couple of fixtures. The under 16s, Lancashire Cup, Salford City Roosters are through, safely through. They beat Blackbrook Royals 38 points to 16. In the North West Youth Cup, under 16, Roos Pioneers beat West Horton 62 points to nil. The fixtures for this weekend, Sunday the 18th of July, in the Premier Division, it's Newton Storm versus Waterhead Warriors, that's the under 18s. Lee Minor Rangers against Oldham St. Anne's. Division 2 of the under 18s, Askham play Saturday. Division 3, it's Blackbrook Royals against Leyland Warriors, Caddy Zed Rhinos against Wollstone Rovers and Folly Lane play Ashton Bears Goals. In the under-16s on Sunday, Premier Division, Saddleworth Rangers out home to Oral St. James Goals. Wigan St. Jude's play Salford City Roosters. In Division 1 of the under-16s, it's Waterhead Warriors against West Bank Bears. Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield against Oral St. James. Uh, West Horton against Clock. Clockface Miners. And Division 3 of the under-16s, Langworthy Reds out home to Wollstone Rovers. Well, the National Conference Leagues at the weekend, there was a couple of results. Rochdale Mayfield in League C beat Saddleworth Rangers by 46 points to 14. Waterhead Warriors were beaten though at home to Crossfields in a belting match. It finished Waterhead 33, Crossfields 34. The match between Lee East and Oldham St. Anne's in the Cross League was postponed. And there's no fixtures involving our local sides this weekend due to the, the Challenge Cup. Right, we'll turn our attention to the North West Men's League. Now, these games were played on Saturday, the 10th of July. Division 1, Hares Finch 20, Oldham St. Anne's A24. In Division 2, Caddy's Ed Rhinos beat Spring, uh, Wigan Springview 12 points to 4. West Horton Lions had a good win. They beat Pilkington Rex A by 44 points to 12. In Division 4, Clockface Miners A16, Langworthy Reds 30. Division 5, North and West, Oral St. James A70, Higginshaw A4. And in Division 5, South and East, Bolton Mets 18. Runcorn 20. Fixtures for this week. There's two games on Friday night, Friday the 16th of July. It's Wigan Springview versus West Horton Lions in Division 2. And in Division 3, Lee East A play Salford City Roosters. And finally this week, we'll go over to the Betfred Championship and League One. Life outside Super League, as we call it. The weekend just gone. It was round 13 in the Championship. Some cracking matches again. Batley Bulldogs 12, Toulouse Olympic 32. The Bulldogs made a made a real fist of that one there. Toulouse Olympic have been blowing teams away for fun. They won nine from nine. Now, that game was a tight one at halftime. 16-12, Toulouse Olympic running away with it in the second half with a couple of tries in the last 20 minutes of that match. Halifax Panthers there. Resurgence continues. They beat Whitehaven by 14 points to four. London Broncos got back to winning ways. They beat York City Knights 50 points to 20. Newcastle Thunder, another good win for Newcastle. They beat Jewsby Rams 24 points to 12. Oldham 22, Bradford 54. Swinton Lions still after their first win. They were beaten at home to Sheffield Eagles 30 points to 22. Witness Vikings 10, Featherstone Rovers 32. Featherstone are now 12 from 12 in the championship as they go to Wembley this weekend to face York City Knights. League One, uh, Betfred League One, round 10. Hunslet 24, North Wales Crusaders 34. A bit of a surprise result there for the Crusaders who were going really well. Keekley Cougars, oh, surprise result around. They beat Barrow by 40 points to 12. Barrow 
We're, we're unbeaten with eight wins and a draw before that game. 40 points to 12. Keithley move up to fourth in the table. West Wales Raiders 18. Rochdale Hornets 30. West Wales Raiders, who've lost 10 from 10, they made a real fist of it in that game. There's a postponed game as well between Workington Town and, uh, and Coventry Bears. The action this week, Thursday night, Betfred Championship. Dewsby Rams play Batley Bulldogs in the heavy woolen derby at half past seven. On Friday night in Betfred League One, Coventry Bears face Keith Cougars. London Scholars face Doncaster. And as I said, it's a Challenge Cup final this Saturday, 17th of July, 3 o'clock kickoff. Castleford Tigers against St. Helens. But before that, the AB Sundex 1895 Cup final between Featherstone Rovers and York City Knights. That gets underway at 12 o'clock. That's all I've got for you this week. Enjoy the Salford match on, uh, on Friday night and enjoy the Challenge Cup final this Saturday. Well, that's the amateur report, and before we we move on, I forgot to do it actually. The uh, the three word match reports from the cast oh. game, we we forgot about that, didn't we? We better read those yeah. out because uh, there was quite a few as well this week. I have vetted them because I know Rob doesn't like us, us swearing on the podcast, and we we got warned, didn't we, today about yes. about we we don't want him getting his bleeper machine out. So I have vetted <laughs> them, and they're all okay. So I'll, we'll go through them. Yeah, John Waite said men versus boys and man of the match was Eskery, but he also says Paulie changed the momentum of the game, but his defence was shocking. I'm so sure about that. I, I, I don't know, really. Did he miss a lot of tackles at weekend, Paulie Paulie? Not, not that I really noticed. Um, certainly, to be fair, he probably didn't have that much work to do in defence, but, um, I, you know, if that's what somebody's seen, then, then, then fine. Yeah, but he did he did, uh, he did, did have a big game, Paulie. He caused him a lot of problems. Um uh, and that that kind of blockbuster nonsense he was making is what we want to see. As for his defence, I'll be honest, he never really sort of alerted me on my radar. It was a major issue, but you know I could easily miss things. So uh, yeah, he, he, you know it's, it's all about opinions, isn't it? There's always something to work on, isn't there, Paul? Always something yeah. to work on. Matt Carr said, much-needed win. His man of the match was Pauly Pauly. Andrew said, very professional performance. His man of the match was Inu. Stuart Smart, much-needed win. Greg Burke was his man of the match. Chris Seedhouse, above the snake, man of the match. Akers. <laughs> I wasn't going to read that one out, so we'll, we'll move on from that one. Uh, Colin Wilson, pressure-relieving win. His man of the match was Akers. Richard Morton said, job well done. Man of the match, Pauly Pauly. Peter Brady said, what a relief, Escaray. A few people going for Escaray and a few for Paulie Paulie there, so a bit of a mixed bag, Paul. Yeah, well, mine, got, I've got a few mentions and all, and that was, uh, that was Akers. What, what a dominating display from, from acting art. He made numerous breaks, causing him big problems. And it, yes, it would have been different if he'd have been facing Paul McShane, I'm sure. But at last, if he, he's another one that needs a run in the team. He's been in and out with injuries and suspensions and everything else. I thought Atkins was absolutely magnificent the other day. Um, it, the speed of the play of the ball was, was 10 times quicker than we've seen, which has been a, a huge criticism of mine all, all season. We seem to be really slow at getting up and playing the ball. And he got us on the front foot. And I, I wouldn't, you know, if Cass had another eight or 10 senior pros out there, they'd have really struggled with it. Uh, he, he was brilliant, like you say, Paulie Paulie was good. I thought Ryan Lannan had his best game of the season, by the way. He ran really hard and yeah, made a lot of meters. It was quite, quite surprising because he's he's usually sort of solid but not spectacular in that way. But he was he was really good the other day. Uh, I mean, you could you could have picked them all. I know Greg Burke got mentioned there and coming back on the park and playing at, at hooker. I, I, I was when he was coming on, I was thinking, well, where's he going to play? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we can't be. If we move that kid into into hooker, you're not putting Greg Burke at stand up. What's going on? And uh, he looked fine. His distribution was perfect, um, and obviously he can defend in that role. So that that might be a, 
and added bit to his career there. Um, great personality, Greg, and also I'd like to, you know I like seeing more of him. But yeah, no, I mean you could have picked any of them, couldn't you? There wasn't there wasn't a player out there you're going to criticise. And as we mentioned, with all them players missing, it gives us well, it gives Richard Marshall an added uh, added headache. Uh, yeah, and Eric, I think he, he wouldn't mind having really. Yeah, Mark, Mark said a win's a win. His man of the match was Inu. Nicholas Fletcher, our turn to benefit, and his man of the match was Uni, but I presume he means Inu. He spelled it U N I, but I'm going to say he reckons Inu because I don't know yeah. who Uni is. Yeah, someone's corrected him there, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stephen, morale boosting victory. His man of the match was Polly Polly. Uh, Martin, player playing together. His man of the match was Norman. Dan Norman, yeah, as we said before, Dan Norman came and did really well. Dave Nocter, a welcome two points, and his man of the match was Escalade. So thank you very much for your uh, your three-word match reports. And like I said, now we'll move on and we'll have a chat about the uh, the Wakefield game this Friday. It's So Wakefield Trinity this Friday, Paul. Again, we, we we really need to be looking at getting a victory from. I mean, looking at the, the the league and the results at the weekend, we went above Huddersfield. They were beaten against Wigan on on Sunday, so that you know it's a boost for us. I mean, I know people have said about Watto and this that and the other, but I don't think we're looking at that. I think we're looking at finishing as high in the table as we can. So a, a a big result this weekend, you know, gives us four wins, takes us a bit more clear of Lee, and I think for me now as a supporter. We should be looking up the table rather than down now, shouldn't we, and seeing how high we can finish? Because we've, we've both spoken about it there, the players that we've got missing. And if we can start getting these players back, I'm not saying we can have a tilt at the playoffs, but we, we can go as high as we can now and hopefully finish the season in a positive frame of mind. Yeah, well, one, one thing before I started to mention the Wakefield game is that, you know, people said a while ago we'd had a tough start to the season. I think we played all the last year's top six, top eight or whatever. And obviously we played Saints, Warrington, Wigan. In, in the space of three weeks now now we're getting probably the teams that are more around us uh, are, are ones that you would think are you know probably on a par with us uh, and Wakefield are certainly one of them and I know I've read Michael Carter's um, statement today the, the CEO at Wakefield uh, a man I've got a lot of respect for by the way I think he does a great job with Wakefield um, coming out about these suspensions and we know off far too well about them but they seem a little bit soft at the moment and they've lost I think they've lost three players this week um, and they've already got plenty of players missing with COVID and everything else, like everyone else. But they've actually put their hand up and said they'll play. So fair, fair play to Wakefield for that. You know, we, we spoke about them last week that they're a club that deserve a lot of credit because again, on on basically meagre rations most of the time, like like ourselves, they're always a thorn in your side. They're always a, a presence in every game. So I think I think it'd be a level playing field, maybe even tilted in our in our favour this this week. Uh, and it's one of them games that we've got to. We have to target now. If we win this, you know, you are looking up. You can you pick up a few more wins, and all them relegation worries or whatever else, you've gone. Um, and I know I think Huddersfield play Wigan this weekend again, but this time at I was going to say five town. Then how old am I? Um, but <laughs> I think looking at Wigan, I think Wigan might have lost Hastings and all the other players and the pressure they're under. And they only just scraped past them this week. That could be a chance for Huddersfield to pick up two points. So stay ahead. You know, these are the games we've got to win, and I'm sure the importance of this game isn't lost on Richard Marshall and his men. And uh, you know, fingers crossed we can. Um, but I know there's a few changes to the squad again this week. Obviously, them lone players have gone back, uh, but we've got you know we've got bodies back in the team. So 
it's looked quite encouraging, I must admit. Yeah, looking at the league table, we've won three from 12. Wakefield's won four from 13. So you beat Wakefield this weekend. You're on the same wins as them with the game in hand. Cass have won six from 14. So we've got sort of two games on in hand on Cass as well. Leeds have won six from 12. So the two sides directly above us now are Wakefield and Cass. So if we can win the, you know, a couple of games, you, you're in and around those those teams then. So, uh, so yeah, I think a win this weekend is, is definitely doable. I'm just looking at the Wakefield squad now. Their squad is Reese Lynn, Liam Kay, Jacob Miller, Mason Lino, David Fafita. Tirona Arona, Matty Ashurst, who we all know from his time at Salford, yeah. Kalopi Tanjanoa, Joe Westerman, Jay Pitts, Eddie Batty, James Batchelor, Innes Senior, Brad Walker, Yusuf Aydin, Lee Kershaw, Ollie Greensmith, Harry Bowles and Pat O'Donovan. There's a couple of lads in there I'm unfamiliar yeah. with, I presume younger lads, but I think their halfbacks are pretty good. I've been impressed with Mason Lino this season. Jacob Miller is always a threat. They've got a decent um, outside backs as well, Liam K, Riesling, a bit of pace in the team. And they're always pretty aggressive in the pack as well, Paul. Yeah, I actually read that out. and It's, it's still a very strong sort of, certainly 13 that they could field. I, I, like you say, some young lads in there, but you can kind of, if you've got that experience and can keep players, you can kind of, you can handle that. You can, you can bring them into the fold and, and mix them. But they've got, they are a really, you know, a really good team. Um, and and they, for me, they play the rugby the right way. They're entertaining Wakefield. Um, they they do play the game, you know, with a bit of, bit of style about them. So yeah, looking at that, that surprised me considering the players they've got missing. So um, it, it might be a little bit tougher than I was I was first anticipating, but still still quite fancy us. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a very very good tussle because they'll see it the same way that we do. It's, it's a chance for them to pick up points on the road. Uh, and pull themselves away from this this bottom half and, and start looking up again. Yeah, it's a game I'm excited for. I know with the problems at Salford, well, not problems, but the pitch is being re- relayed, so we're having to, to move this on the road to the Helliwell Jones. But, you know, we, we've not done bad in Warrington over the years, so uh, a Friday night there under the lights with a bit of decent weather, I'm hoping uh, for a result, Paul. It's that time of the show when I have to ask you for your, your score prediction, mate. What, what are you going to go for this this Friday? Well, I'm just I was just looking at the squad a few minutes ago, our squad and, and seeing that the players we've got coming back, you know, Joe Burgess, uh, Lola here, Big Seb, um, I think uh was it was who was the other one I'd, I'd spotted that come in. Oh, obviously the new the new guy, Igano, he's he's been picked in the squad. Sam Luckley's in there. Um I, yeah, it looks good that we're actually getting some some players back. So I do fancy us. Um but I, I think it'll be fairly tight. Because there'll be a lot of nerves on display as well, because both teams realise the importance of this. But I'll go. Um, I'll go with the Reds. Uh, Twenty-four. Oh, Wakefield do score points though, don't they? Yeah. 20, 24-16. 24-16. Yeah, they do. They do score points. Wakefield. They've scored yeah. this season two hundred thirty-three. We've scored one nine seven. So they've scored a few more than us. They've played a game more than us though. Uh, so yeah, I'm going for a close one. I think again, I'm going to go Salford twenty, Wakefield twelve. I, I think it's going to be another, another, another tough game. But I think I think we'd just take a win, wouldn't we, in this game? Build a bit of momentum, and then obviously we've got a tough trip to to, to Leeds next week. But I think to get two wins, you know, on the on the back to back would uh, would do as the world a good pile. So uh, yeah, I've enjoyed this podcast. It's been been different w- without Rob, uh, but uh, but great to to speak to you as, you, as uh, usual, Paul. Yeah, no, it has. It's been uh, it's been a bit of a, a, a sort of a bit of a shock to the system in many ways, but no, it's been it's been really good. Really enjoyed it, and 
obviously any week where you're coming off a win, and especially in the style that we put on last week, um, you know, it's it's always good to talk. And uh, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for thanks for giving me the call. Yeah, I don't think I'm, a, I'm Brian Carney yet or Rob Parkinson yet, but we, we've done our best. Yeah, so I've been Paul Whiteside. He's been Paul Parkin. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook and Twitter at D-I-T-D-S-R-D. That's the bit I've been rehearsing that, Paul. So I think we've got it all nailed down there. So, so yeah, thanks again, Paul, for joining us. Enjoy your rugby league this weekend. Enjoy the Challenge Cup, mate. Have a safe trip down there and uh, let's hope so for get two points as well. Yeah, that'd be a, be a great weekend. It'll certainly stop the weekend off knowing that Friday's been, uh, been started the right way with two points for the Reds. So, uh, yeah, good luck to the boys. Top, man. We'll speak to you soon. Good night, sir.